This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with non-toxic medical-grade ingredients. Active Skin Repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, diaper rashes, and other types of skin damage. I discovered Active Skin Repair and their baby spray from my community when our daughter was a newborn and had constant diaper rashes, and it really helped and continues to help. Containing hypochlorous acid, which is an effective option for helping with yeast diaper rashes, we just spray or dab active skin repair onto the skin with a clean cloth or cotton ball let's sit for 15 seconds and then apply our balm or ointment of choice with over 500,000 happy customers and thousands of five-star reviews you now have one simple solution for all of your family's skin health needs visit www.activeskinrepair.com to learn more about active skin repair and to get 20% off your order using code PEDSDOC that's p-e-d-s-d-o-c everyone. Welcome to the Peds Doc Talk podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Mona, where each week I hope to educate and inspire you in your journey through parenthood with information on your most common concerns as a parent and interviews with fellow parents and experts in the field. My hope is you leave each week feeling more educated, confident, and empowered in the decisions you make for your child. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode. I have a very special guest today. It is Jelani Memory. He is a father, author, and founder of A Kid's Book About, which is a publishing company for books for children regarding topics that we as parents may have some difficulties speaking to children about. And before I introduce him and welcome him, I do want to briefly talk about their mission. And A Kid's Book About, if you go to their website, they talk about making kids' books that matter. There are no dragons, silly bears, or cute tales about princesses, only the challenging, empowering, and important topics that kids experience every day. Kids' lives are complicated, and our mission is to help kids and their grown-ups have honest conversations about things that matter. Jelani, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Um, uh, it's been such a privilege to get to start this company and make these books. And I can tell you the conversations that I've been having because of them have just been tremendous. So thank you. No, thank you. And I know you obviously created this this company and obviously you were one of the first authors of the first book, A Kid's Book About Racism, correct? Yeah, that's yes. correct. I, I, I'll go ahead. Yeah. And so I know with um, the timing of what's going on in our world right now, we're recording this episode, obviously, with the Black Lives Movement and the killing of George Floyd. And obviously, I'm sure these books are becoming even more needed. They've always have been. But I know mm -hmm. you've been very busy speaking to many different people about your mission and, um, you know, the love that you're trying to share in this world. So I really appreciate you taking this time out of your busy schedule. Yeah, no, truly my pleasure. And again, I it's it's humbling and it's a total privilege to get to have a platform to um, share with grownups, parents, <laughs> doctors, therapists, uh, social workers, you name it, um, and and encourage more important conversations with the kids in their lives. What um, inspired you to become an author and create this company, um, a kids' book about? You know, my inspiration was my kids, um, and yet the inspiration was not to become an author, was not to start a company. It was to write a, a book just for my six kids on a topic that 
I thought was important and one that we were actually already having a conversation about, which is racism. So in 2018, I, I wrote it in a week and I designed it in another week and printed a single copy that was designed really, truly just for my own children. I never had any ambition beyond that. And yet I find myself here today having now formed a company around um, not just my book, but a whole collection of books. And, um, and I think in a very important time in the world for these books to exist, not that they wasn't important before, but it feels all the more important now. And if I look back at that initial inspiration and what it's grown into, it was really about helping my kids become the happiest, healthiest that they could be as they grew into adulthood so that they, um, they would love those around them, that they would learn, have empathy and accept people who are different from them and um, be allies uh, around the topic of racism for my white kids and for my brown kids, for them to understand their experience, to have a language for it. Um, and in some way, I created the book that I wish I had when I was a kid. That's amazing. And you have how many children? Six. And ethnically or culturally, what's your what's your background? Uh, so half black, half white. Uh, my mom's a mix of French, Canadian, German, you know, all the things put together. And then, you know, my dad's black. And um, so I've got, you know, again, two brown kids. One of them is, um, you know, decently fair skinned. Um, and uh, another one, my daughter, Ella, uh, is the same color as I am. Um, uh, so go figure. Uh, and then my white kids are very white. <laughs> <laughs> and so what age group are your books geared towards? They're really designed for five to nine-year-olds. Um, we wanted to create books that started these conversations early um, and yet um, were relevant for when kids started reading themselves, um, for when they were having experiences outside of the home, namely starting school. Um, and then caught them before they sort of hit that tween age age where, you know, they were on TikTok and Instagram and a lot less likely to listen to their parents or read with them at bedtime. Um, and so we think that five to nine is sort of the perfect range. And for all of you listeners, I actually have the link to their website on my show notes. And if you go visit their website, it's not just obviously the book that Jelani wrote about racism, but they have so many other topics. So just to name a few that I am so interested in reading, failure, anxiety, depression, belonging, feminism, cancer, body image, disabilities, bullying. I think you guys just came out with one about COVID. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah. And so these are just such important topics. And speaking about these topics are so important. What has the feedback been for, you know, the books and the, like, have they been recepted like good positive reception or how has it been? It has been unbelievable. I can tell you, I receive stories every single day that if I, if I only ever just got one of them, it would, it would be a year's worth of really, yeah, of encouragement um, and goodwill. Um, it's, it's tremendous. The conversations that grownups are now having with their kids because of our books is really incredible. And um, uh, parents are reaching out with um, just really generous feedback um, uh, about how helpful our books have been for their families and how meaningful it was for them to either have a book that represented their kid, um, which is huge, um, inside the book and their experience, or taught them about something 
that was completely new, something they had no idea about and yet knew was important and wanted to dive in and have that conversation. And why do you think parents may avoid having these conversations with their children about these topics? Because again, the topics that you're discussing are things that as a pediatrician or as a father or mother, we should be discussing. But what do you think the barriers are to parents who kind of avoid these conversations? Oh, that that's easy. Um, fear, um, unsureness, um, uh, you know, uh, the worry that they are somehow going to break their kid's innocence, um, the unsureness around the right thing to say. Um, and then I think this, uh, you know, this pervading idea that maybe ignorance is bliss and let kids be kids as long as they can be kids. And yet kids are thinking about these things. They have ideas about these things. They have questions. And oftentimes when they ask the adult in their life questions, you know, uh, they'll, the parents will say, oh, shush, we don't talk about that. Or I'll tell you when you're older or you wouldn't understand. And, and I think those are all shields um, against diving into those topics in a meaningful way because, because they're uncomfortable and, and parents try and find the escape hatch out of not having to talk about it. Um, and so it, our books just existing become this catalyst to go just have the conversation with your kids. Um, this book doesn't say everything there is to say about that topic, but it does force that conversation. And then I think parents find themselves going, oh my gosh, we started this conversation and it's not going nearly as bad as I thought it was going to go. <laughs> um, and, and my kid is a lot more thoughtful and curious and creative and not scared. They're not scared. Kids aren't scared about these things. It's really the adults. Oh, I completely agree because when I found your company, and again, I found your company when back basically about maybe six weeks ago or about a month ago when um, the events of May 25th with George Floyd happened. And it just happened that I just found your Instagram account. And then I looked up your Facebook page and I was like, what is this? How did I not know about this? Because <laughs> as a pediatrician, and that's why I really wanted you on this podcast, um, it's so important that we drop our fears and understand that it is okay as adults that we don't know everything. Um, it's okay yeah. if we don't have a starting point, um, but we have to find that for our children. Um, we're also recording this episode in the middle of Pride Month. And, you know, that's something that is also really important to me um, just because that starts actually younger than people may think. Um, and yeah. how amazing would it be if children have all these questions, because like you said, they do, and they have a trusted person like their parent to go to. So I, again, the reason why I'm just so happy that this, your company exists and the books that you've created um, exist is that we should not be fearful of these topics. This is stuff that happens and these kids are going to be looking at, at it in, in their little view. And we need to be the ones yeah. to be there and say, you know what, I'm there for you. Let's talk about it. What are your questions? Let's, let's look it up together. Because yeah. I, I think a lot of parents are scared. And it, it, I saw that come out with, um, you know, the, the Black Lives Movement. People were so scared that they were going to say the wrong thing or that they didn't know where to even yeah. start. Right. They felt that maybe they were a little racist or that they were a little bit, you know, had their own microaggressions. And so they felt like, well, how how am I going to teach my child about racism if I don't fully know about it? So your books are obviously geared towards the children. Right. Mm -hmm. in terms of the terminology. Yeah. But of course, the parents, when they read, um, do you find that a lot of parents read with their children these books or do they just give it to their child to read themselves? That's a great question. So we design the books to be read together. In fact, the very first page in every single one of our books says, better together with an asterisk. Um, this book is best read together, both grown up and kid. 
And we want to ensure that that's the first thing that a, a parent or a grown-up isn't just handing this book to their kid and says, oh, go learn about racism or anxiety or depression, that they are entering into that with them together. And what we find is that third thing existing in that special time with a grown-up and a kid, either at nighttime before bed or midday, um, it facilitates something that's more than just reading something educational. It facilitates a special time, um, a bonding time that it doesn't actually matter what the book says, that bonding time takes place. Um, but how much more if there's something material and meaningful in terms of content? And so we want that that adult, that grown up, that parent to be along the ride with the kid. And we hear from adults that, get, that say, I had no idea some of the stuff from the book. And thank you so much. This was so helpful. And then in a lot of ways, sometimes those grownups and those kids are starting in the same place with the, the same terminology and the same knowledge around a subject. But of course, the adult has more experiences to pull from. And now they have other places where they can pull in ideas um, and have that conversation with kids. And, and it's, I just can't tell you how important it is that that be a together experience um, so that kids aren't left to themselves to to not have a conversation because it's all about that conversation that takes place afterwards. Oh, absolutely. And I am, you know, if you follow my Instagram, I am so big on reading in general um, from a young age. Like obviously these books, not so much for your, you know, two one-year-old, but how awesome to basically bring this into the home. And parents should be reading to their children. It's one thing that's so important. And you, like you said, I love, I love that you're using that wind down routine at home or whenever it is to say, Hey, I mean, and it also, like I said earlier, that it also may be easier for parents who don't know how to approach those conversations now to have a medium, the book to start, to start that catalyst, like you said, um, of conversation. So obviously there are so many books that you have um, as part of your company, but I wanted to kind of talk about two of them. Um, the racism, the book, the kids book about racism and the kids book about disabilities. So when speaking about racism, where should a parent begin? And if you can give me some, you know, just a little teaser to that book so that parents who are listening can um, know what to expect if they buy that book. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll start with the book teaser. Um, my book really tackles um, a, a basic definition around what racism is um, and, and sort of a, a proof point, if you will, that it exists. And I know that might sound like an incredibly low bar, but I think oftentimes kids will be in a place of going pure surprise. I can't believe such a thing exists. Right. And having a framework to just understand it. And now they have questions after they sort of get in that place. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep No Mess Meals, chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from each week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust. I absolutely love the spicy jalapeno, lime cheddar chicken, and mushroom chicken thighs with wild rice. Keep kitchen time to a minimum with Factor Meals because they're ready in two minutes, no shopping, prepping, cooking, or cleanup. I work from home and love the convenience and how delicious Factor Meals are. Head to factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 and use code peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code peedsdoctalk50 at factormeals.com slash peedsdoctalk50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. 
As a pediatrician, mom, and podcaster, I want to share with you a podcast I recently discovered. It's called Understood Explains, and this season of the show is hosted by teacher and special education expert Juliana Ortube, and it's all about how to navigate individual education plans, also known as IEPs. The latest season of Understood Explains covers topics like how to tell if your child needs an IEP, and it busts common myths about special education. I listened to an episode called The Difference Between IEPs and 504 plans, and I learned so much that I honestly didn't know before. I now feel I can better explain these to my patients and their families and better support them in their neurodiversity journey. Navigating ADHD, dyslexia, and other learning and thinking differences can be confusing, and this podcast helps to validate these struggles and provide actionable tips that are useful for parents, teachers, and clinicians. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains in your podcast app. That's Understood explains. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent with sometimes hilarious and always thought provoking experts and friends. At Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. For parents with kids of color, uh, not as hard, right? Oftentimes they'll be in a place where they've already experienced it, but you know, somehow, some way, even I was writing that book for my kids, I was thinking sort of in, beyond them for the average Midwest white kid, white parents, white school, you know, white sports team who just wasn't ever going to bump up against that topic in a direct way that, um, that there was going to be some need to just sort of go here's the basic place to start with it. And so it's designed in that way. It's um, you, you don't have to be super woke to, to dive in and read it. Uh, it's meant to be really basic. Um, in terms of how to start that conversation, I actually give the same annoying advice every time, which is just to decide to start it. Um, just, just do it. Um, you won't say all the right things. You won't um, have all the conversation all at once. Um, you might say something really stupid or wrong, or dare I say racist. Um, I, but I, I fundamentally believe that the biggest barrier to kids learning and talking about racism, um, and, and growing in a anti-racist attitude and behavior and lifestyle is, is those adults in their lives who become gatekeepers and keep them away from actually ever learning about it because of their fear, because of their insurance. And so my advice to parents is just go, just start it start somewhere. And once you opened up that box or that door, uh, your kids will start to ask you all sorts of questions because now they have the permission to continue to talk about it. And that puts the parent in the place where they need to start going to find resources. They need to start educating themselves. They need to start finding what their own biases are. But I don't want parents to wait until they figure out all those biases, till they read all those books, and now their kids, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, they've started college, and they're, they're finally ready to wade in to go, well, you know, we'd love to talk about racism now because I finally got my graduate degree. It's like, it's just too late, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I encourage every parent to start where they feel best if they feel like it's important. Um, and hopefully now more than ever, it feels really important. Oh, absolutely. And when you obviously you that's the only book of the of the company that you personally wrote, right? So far? Correct. Yeah. Correct. So what in terms for you, did you did it come from personal experience as well when you wrote that book? 
Absolutely. Um, you know, we were uh, having um, our youngest son at the time, my wife and I, and I knew, you know, she's white. I'm, I'm, a, I'm half black. And he was just going to be fair skinned no matter what, right? Just the, the mix of the genes. And I, as having a white mom and a black dad, have always tried to ha- have had to explain myself racially. I am in a lot of ways racially ambiguous. So it's like this, you know, what are you? Where are you from? You know, and I've got this really African name. My full name's Nkoma Chioki Jelani Memory. Um, yet I was born in Portland, Oregon. So it creates a lot of confusion for especially white people. Um, and I knew my son Solomon would have the same thing that as he grew up, he was going to have to explain his olive complexion. And he was always going to be identified differently by different individuals in his life. And the book was in a way me telling me sharing my experience and the discomfort around that as a way so that he would, he would have a story that he could start with that explained that. Cause I net none of that was ever explained to me as a kid and becoming an adult. It, it was the first time that I had started to see and hear other stories like mine where folks never felt like they quite fit or they talked right or they dressed right or they had the they were dark enough or light enough it just the, all those things mixed in there and that's really unique to my experience and I think other folks who are mixed race um, especially in America and and I wanted him to have a tool that that was going to be useful for him as he grew up Oh, I wish I wish we had this tool grow, growing up also. I mean, I, I'm Indian American growing up in Southern California, which was, you know, it was a very diverse um, environment. We obviously had a lot, a huge um, South Asian and Asian and a melting pot, if you will. But of sure. course, of course, we, we dealt with those same issues and the yeah. the going going to school and people making fun of our food and people calling us yeah. awful names and, you know, saying that we smell like curry and all this awful microaggressions, racial, racist comments. Yeah. And when you grow up as a kid, you go to your parent and you're like, they, they, my, my mom and dad were immigrants. I, they didn't know how to speak to me about it. They were like, well, sure, yeah. even, even though they were getting racially attacked, they would say, well, we love you. You know, it's okay, but it, it's hard, you know? And I, I love that you created this company and this book because these conversations have been happening for generations with parents and their children. And even my own parents didn't know how to speak to me about it. So I had to learn myself, you know, and yeah. that, that is okay. You can learn, but it's so great that we're starting early. And, um, I do want to speak about the disabilities book. I know you didn't write that, but um, obviously, did you have any insight on how you approach that as well, similar to the racism talk conversations? Yeah. So, you know, well, first a bit about how we make our books. We, we're an unusual publisher in that I, I don't, we don't pretend everybody's a, an amazing writer who can just go to a cabin for six months and come up with the perfect manuscript. And then we just you know, birth a book, which weirdly is actually the most of the publishing industry. They spend months and months and months um, doing that. We actually write all of our books in a single day. We bring in an author and we spend five hours together. Our ability as a company is narrative structure, um, meeting kids where they're at, being brave enough to push the envelope on what you can say to a kid, um, and then asking questions like seven-year-olds ask. And trying to structure that that narrative around giving them really honest answers. Um, and so when we bring in an author, they bring their stories, their experience, their wisdom, their anecdotes, um, and often a life lived experience that, you know, represents decades. Um, sometimes there's education involved, sometimes there's not. 
Um, so for our author, Christine Knapper, a kid's book about disabilities, um, she's incredible. She's a sixth grade teacher. Um, she's been wheelchair bound her entire life. Um, and what was great is I don't want to say I have a, a ton of experience with individuals with disabilities. So I got to come from a place that I think most kids are, which is I have all sorts of questions. We create this environment where that's safe to do. And I can tell you, as we worked through her book, I just kept finding myself astounded again and again how much her experience was like mine. Um, as a person with disabilities, the stares that she would get, the comments, the insensitivity, you know, the microaggressions, if you will, um, and this sort of pleading with individuals around her and having to explain to herself to just be treated normal. And, and I can't tell you how much that has influenced and affected my experience. Um, and uh, so it was a real treat and it was an educational experience for me to walk alongside her to help co-create that book. And what's great is I got to come from a pure novice's perspective and ask the questions that kids would ask. And she got to offer the thoughtful, generous, straightforward answers that her that only she could provide. Um, and and I think we came up with a really tremendous book. Oh, that's amazing. No, I uh, thank you so much for um, alluding to how you guys find your authors, because again, I, I went through the website. So it's really people who just have a passion for that topic, maybe personal awareness of that topic, who you guys find and speak to about um, in terms of writing that book, correct? Yeah. And, and for me, the criteria is simple. What's the one thing that you are uniquely qualified to write about or talk about um, that you would want to pass on to the next generation. And it turns out everybody maybe has one of those things. Very few people have two of those things. And I don't know if three, anybody has three of those things, right? It tends to be something that's so core to you that, you know, for you, if I asked you to get up and give a speech with five minutes notice, what would you talk about? You would talk about something so close to you that you could just do on autopilot. So that's what we do with our authors. We have them bring themselves in and they are the avatar for that subject. Oh, that's awesome. I am so grateful to have you join us because I I actually have two of the books on the way. I have the one about cancer and the one about disabilities. Um, it's on its way. I'm so excited. The racism one, when I tried to order, was actually... Um, I think in, yeah, I think you guys were still maybe printing some, but I'm on it. I'm going to get that one because the whole collection looks amazing. What would be your final message for everyone who's listening in regards to approaching these topics or just in general? You have, you have this platform here that I just am so grateful that you were able to join me for. Yeah. You know, I, I would encourage parents to, you know, have those conversations that feel like they're in your sweet spot and have them early and maybe earlier than you think. Um, not just assuming that your kids will somehow absorb those things via osmosis. Because once you open up that dialogue, you'll find your kids have a lot more thoughts about those things than you otherwise would have believed. And then for those things that feel like you're like, I don't know what to say about that, whether that be issues like anxiety or, um, you know, disabilities um, or even racism, you know, snag one of our books. Hopefully it helps start that conversation. I don't think our books are the only way to start those conversations. They're just intentionally designed as a vehicle to do that. And then, you know, know that it gets easier. It might be really uncomfortable to start it. You might sort of, you know, catch your breath a little bit with some of the words in the books or around the conversations or things your kids say, but it gets easier and better and you get more and more comfortable and you find that you're actually able to live in the space that your kids live in 
which is curiosity, which is wonder, which is um, not weighed down by all the baggage of the right way to say things or to ask a question, but this desire for, for sort of growth and knowledge. And I hope that our 19 books turn into 200, turn into 1,000, and that we get to continue to tell more stories from underrepresented people, more people of color, from people with different abilities, different genders, um, and help reflect more of the stories that exist that are out there than just, you know, the ones about dragons and bears and princesses. I will always be supporting your company. I hope you know that oh, it is so needed. And I, like I said, I cannot wait to get those books on, on, in my hands. I already know just based on looking at your website and what, following you guys now, I am just so, again, grateful for you coming on, but just for what you're doing in this world, right? Um, you know, you talk about you getting people on on, you know, on your company that have a passion, like, obviously, you are the leader of that passion. And it goes, I can just clearly see that in this conversation. So I cannot express enough gratitude for taking your life and your time to do this for the future generation. Um, because as a pediatrician, it's, it really is something that can be started so early. And I completely agree when you say that parents are scared, and they think that their children are going to lose their innocence, but they're not. They they have these questions, like we said, and yeah. you're meeting them at their developmental age that they, that they can do this. So I sincerely, yeah. I sincerely appreciate you for for doing what you do. Oh, thank you. That's that's really kind and generous of you to say. And you know, I'm, I'm first and foremost a dad, and and I think maybe second an entrepreneur. And um, uh, I I will always, in some way, think about my kids first and what I want for them and you know, know and, and think and believe just like every other parent does that I want my kids to have more than I had and to be better than I am when they're my age. And, and I hope these books help do that, um, help live out that mission for, for parents to, to help their kids become more and stand on their shoulders. And I know your company will do great because it's coming out of a place of love. So you can never go wrong with that. So I, I really appreciate it. And for everyone, um, I'm going to be attaching the link to their website to purchase books and also just um, adding their handle on Instagram so that you can follow them along. Um, and yes, definitely check them out. And I'm going to, when I get the book, I'm going to do an official review of it. Um, but I can't wait to check it out. Thank you again. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you for tuning in for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, please leave a review, share it with a friend comment on my social media and if you're not already follow me at peds doc talk on instagram love doing this for all of you have a great rest of your week take care talk to you soon It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? 
That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact impended. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talked to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking